Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 11. Hey everyone, Dr. Abby Metcalf here. Today I'm going to teach you a super effective communication technique. You guys write in about wanting to know more about communication. I've got a doozy today. So you got to stick around for today's teach. So I'm going to teach you very specifically about something called learning styles. And you're going to identify today what your learning style is and then figure out what your partner's learning style is so that you can communicate better. Because really, it turns out that how you learn is also a big part of how you communicate. If you think about it, when you communicate, what are you doing? You're trying to relay information, which means you're trying to teach. You're trying to tell someone something. So when you can identify your learning style and your partners, which again, we're going to do today, you're going to be able to do a couple things. One is you're going to be able to understand why you get into disagreements and hit roadblocks with your partner. And two, you're going to learn how to communicate in your partner's style so you can make communication effective and easier. Yes, you can finally get your point across and maybe even have some insight into why your partner acts the way they do. Who, who would have thought, right? So that's today's broadcast. I really want you to stick around and hear all this. And so I'm just going to jump right in. So let's talk about what really what we're talking about is what's your communication style in your relationship. And there's a lot that again, I hear about communication, all of you, I think most couples, when they come to me and most people individually, when they come in, they're often saying that they want to work on communication in some way. And usually with, usually with their partner, but sometimes with other people. And I got to tell you that it's just such a broad topic. There are so many facets of effective communication. So please understand there's no cookie cutter for this. That's why I'm all about giving you multiple communication tools. You can mix and match strategies and, until you find yourself in a strong, fulfilling, and lasting love relationship, right? That's my goal. So, but with all that in mind, I'm going to teach you one tool today that's really stood the test of time in my practice. And that's what I'm all about. It's the hands-on work that I've been doing. It's what makes me different. I've been doing this hands-on work for 30 years. I really see what works and what doesn't. 
And this tool involves some work that was made popular in the late 70s and early 80s regarding how people learn. Now, what some of you may not know is that I actually have a master's in education in counseling psychology. That's I have an MS ed, and it's in counseling psychology. I initially thought I wanted to work with kids, silly me, way back when. So I was also trained to be a school guidance counselor. How do you like that? So I, 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 if I go back to New York, I, can, I have the credentials to be a school guidance counselor. Now, understanding kids' learning styles was part of my curriculum at school. It's part of what I learned. And I learned that when you learn or take in information, you do it in one of three main styles that we're going to talk about today, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. So you know how some kids learn better when they're taught in a lecture format, but others want to read about it and take notes and they get very little from a lecture format? This is based on how you learn. Uh, Another group of learners learn by touching and experiencing things and they don't want to read or write about it. I'm sure you can relate to some of this as I say it. There's something here that you think, oh yeah, when I would learn at school, I did it this way, or I learned best that way. So, and really think for a moment about how you learn best when you were in school. Really take a moment right now and think about that. Did you like to uh, just read the book on your own because it confused you when the teacher spoke? <laughs> did you like to take a lot of notes during a lecture? Uh, did you like to just listen in a lecture? Were you someone that the lecture did not help at all and you did better with experiments and things where you were getting your hands dirty? You know, think about who you are. So knowing how you learn and how your partner learns is critical to communicating effectively. It really is. And as I mentioned, there are three basic learning and communication styles that we're going to talk about, this visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. Now, if you have one style and your partner has another, which is likely if you're in a heterosexual relationship, you'll often find yourself feeling frustrated, misunderstood, enraged, helpless, unappreciated, hopeless, you name it. The good news is you can stop the cycle and get your relationship to connection and understanding with the help of this tool you're going to learn today, these these three styles and which one you are. So... And I do want to say one word before we jump into that. I'm going to break those three down, but I want to say something first. I'm going to make a lot of generalizations. I'm going to say things like men are this way and women are this way. I understand that you might be different and not fit into some of those molds. And you might not even identify as either male or female. So if that's you, I still believe there's lots of useful information here. So take what's helpful and leave what doesn't fit. Just always do that. As always, I ask you you know, to really understand that you're not unique. And I say this with love, no one listening right now is a unicorn. That's what I mean by that. That no one is so different that nothing ever applies to them of anything I say. It's just, let's get real people. So again, it might not fit exactly, but my guess is for for sure, for a lot of you, it will fit exactly. And for some of you, you know, you're going to have to uh, massage it a little, but you'll totally get a lot of great information that'll help you be different in your relationship. So, okay. So let's talk about the three types and let's start with visual communicators in love relationships and what they're about. So visual communicators in love relationships this is mostly men. Men largely fall in this category. For them, communicating their love often takes a material or visual form. This is one of the reasons men like to give flowers and gifts, uh, bring home a paycheck, fix stuff, 
take you to dinner or a show. This, these are all very visual things. These are things you can see and that are quantifiable. What's key is that men often like to be shown love visually too. This shows up as men wanting their partners to cook their favorite foods, look sexy, you know, how their partner looks is a big deal often, uh, bring home their dry cleaning, have the house looking nice. All of these behaviors, both giving and receiving, are things you can see. And, you know, men are famously visual when it comes to the relationship with women and the world in general. Let's, let's get real here. If I think about, you know, New York City and Times Square, that is just one visual place <laughs> built by men. So if you look at any advertising, and the vast majority is created by males, it's pretty much a product with breasts added on, right? You know how most foods taste better when you add bacon? Well, I think men seem to think that most things look better when you add breasts. So, right, anything from, you know, a hamburger they could be selling or a car, whatever it is, they put some boobs in there. Uh, Porn is directly directed mostly at men. From the studies, it seems that men watch porn about three times as much as women. Uh, Porno mags are directed at men. You know, Playgirl, anyone? Is that even published anymore? We women, we don't look at this stuff. Not often anyway. Yes, men are very focused on what they see. And I love, you know, Cuba Gooding Jr. famously yelled, show me the money. Show it to me. Show me. Yep. Sums it up for the guys. Show me. I'll believe it when I see it. You get the idea where I'm going here. I'd say the number one complaint I get from men has to do with the amount of talking women want in their relationships. Uh, men that I talk to, they'll say things like, uh, she's always nagging me, or she doesn't let me get in the door before she starts talking to me, or she's always asking me questions. She wants to know my feelings, what I had for lunch, where I went after work, how much fun I had at golf. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> Poor men. <We're, laughs> we exhaust you, don't we? Men usually care less about what you say to them and more about what you do for them. What you can show. This is definitely true for my guy. Uh, he's for sure about me showing up, doing things. That's how he really gets clear about my love, um, that I can talk all day long and do all that. But if I don't show up in a certain way, he, all my talk is nothing. Um, so, you know, it's interesting because I work with a fair amount of couples who have relatively traditional setup, you know, with the man being the primary breadwinner and the woman staying home and taking care of the kids and the home, or maybe she's working part-time, but she's not the primary breadwinner. And men will complain directly or indirectly about the lack of productivity their partners seem to have. They'll, they'll say things, uh, you know, like she's off all day and there's no dinner on the table when I get home or... She has all day to herself while the kids are at school. How can she forget to pick up my dry cleaning? Or uh, what else do I hear? Oh, why do we need a cleaning person when you don't even go to work? <clears throat> I hear this stuff all the time. And as you can see, right, these statements are all about show me the money. Show me what you did and what's off the list. Now, I can get into all that about what women are doing at home, but that's not the point of our, <laughs> of our exercise today. But although it is a good example of, and it's not that women don't get things done when we're home, of course we do, but a lot of it is very invisible. So um, I know, you know, I, I've sat in a couple session and I've said to a, a man, well, have, how many times have you bought toilet paper in the last year? And they'll just stare at me. And I'm like, when's the last time you went to grab a Kleenex or a paper towel and it wasn't there? 
And, and again, they're looking. I'm like, yeah, all these things happen in the background. Last time your kid had a temperature and there was a thermometer there and the thermometer covers and there was Tylenol and there was, right? <laughs> like, like all this stuff is around, but we, we sort of don't notice it in the same way, right? It's just, it's in the background. It's just helping things hum along. Men tend to want to see things that are above, you know, out of the background and in the foreground. That's where they tend to put a lot of energy and, uh, women in general can do a lot with the background. So that's where some of the miscommunications happen. And it can seem like women aren't doing anything all day, quote unquote, when they seriously are, when they're very busy. And I know I talk to these women and they're saying, oh my gosh, I didn't have a moment to myself all day. And, and then the kids get home from school and they don't have a moment to themselves all night. So <laughs> there's this sort of ongoing thing. And then, you know, a lot of times the men will say, well, I was working all day. You had off while the kids were at school. Now I'm home and it's my time to relax and not have anything, you know, and this is where so much of the tension comes in. So again, a lot around the show me with men, visual communicators and learners. And so communicators in general. All right. Now, Let's talk about auditory communicators in love relationships. When you think of auditory, you think of hearing, right? Visual, you think of sight and seeing. Auditory, you think of, of hearing. And I think, you know, God is a sense of humor. And because of that, most women are auditory communicators. Yeah, I've, I've often wondered how heterosexual relationships ever work. We are really very different species. It's, it's, it's crazy sometimes. So women generally like to hear the words of love and appreciation, this is why, uh, oh, he never says he loves me anymore, or he never talks to me, are the complaints I hear most often from women who come to couples therapy. Uh, you know, he doesn't appreciate me. He doesn't tell me, thank you for this, or wow, I really appreciated that there's always toilet paper when I, when I go to wipe my ass, you know, that I, I really appreciate that anytime I have a cold, there's cold medicine in the house, and there's tissues, and there's all this stuff. The, that stuff is not said very often, again, because it's kind of background stuff. And so it goes, it goes without. And so women don't feel appreciated for the work they do. You, you can see how this works. Um, we, women, we tend to like cards, you know, professing our man's feelings, little love notes and reading stories about relationships, uh, all those wonderful romance novels, right? Although these things are written, so it could be mistaken for visual, the written words are as good as saying them out loud. So we're talking still auditory. Again, it's a giving and receiving operation. Women generally like to say, I love you to their partner as much as they like to hear how much they're loved, appreciated, and valued. Uh, women, you know, we might say things like, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Um, men might say things like, I see what you're saying. I, I, I see, I see you, you know, I see what you're saying. Um, again, this language is often a tip off as to where someone is in their communication style, but there you go. So, but the problem of course, is that men aren't generally so forthcoming with all their loving words. That's not always what men are known for. And if they do say them, it's often not enough for the women in their lives. Then the men end up thinking, geez, I told her I loved her. What more does she want? Does this sound familiar men? Right. So, <laughs> and does this sound familiar women? Uh, because it doesn't seem like, you know, quite enough. And I know for me, myself, even in my relationship, I feel like I always want to hear it more, uh, that I, I just want to check in about it, even though I know it's there. I, I know he feels it and I feel it and all that good stuff. It's still, I never tire of hearing it. So anyway, those are our auditory communicators. Again, everything really like to talk about things, process things, uh, and that's another thing that happens a lot with men and women that, 
again, because men are very visual, they like to fix it. So they can often think that the only reason a woman is even complaining about something or talking about it is so that the man will fix it. Otherwise, why would you talk about it? Because men don't talk about it unless they need help fixing it. They really don't just what we call process, just talk to talk, just to have it out loud, just to say it out loud. I know that is many a time I've had an issue. I've talked to my man about it and I have figured it out as I was talking. And then I've thanked him. I said, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And he laughs. He's, he goes, I didn't say a word. I didn't say anything. I didn't, didn't do anything. And I'm like, well, you did because you were listening and you were sounding bored. And that helped me come to my own realization about what I needed to do or what needed to happen. Um, but again, men and women do this very differently. And so when men get into kind of fix it mode, if, uh, you know, if I come to my man and I'm t- complaining about somebody at work, he, he might start giving me suggestions about what to do about that person and how to fix it. And then I might get upset, uh, you know, lamenting, well, can you just listen? I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to listen, right? This happens all the time. This is a common argument I have couples come in the door with. So, and that is directly related to this piece of being auditory versus visual communicators. All right. Now the last one, so you have visual, the more the seeing and the doing. We have auditory, which is really about all the hearing and the listening, the talking. And then we have kinesthetic communicators in love relationships. Now this is the smallest percentage of people tend to be kinesthetic communicators. These are the touchy feely folks I like to call them. Uh, If your partner walks in the room and you just have to touch them, you might be in this category. You know those couples who walk arm in arm everywhere, they, the ones who spoon all night long in bed, the, the ones who sit really close on the couch even when they're just watching the news. Um, the one I can never figure out is when they're walking arm in arm and they've got their hands in each other's back pockets as they walk. I can't even walk that way. I've tried it. It doesn't work. I don't, I don't understand it. But anyway, so you know, you know what I'm talking about? These are kinesthetic people. I... Now, I don't want you to confuse being kinesthetic with liking sex. Sex is not more prevalent among kinesthetic communicators. Uh, everybody can like sex. Everyone can hate sex. Doesn't Whatever you like, think about sex. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would say that a complaint I hear from some kinesthetic, well, and other women, is, you know, I just want to touch him and have him touch me, and I don't always want it to be about sex. So this can definitely happen. Sometimes women get... Uh, sort of turned off to having any kind of touching with their man because they're worried it's going to always lead to sex. And really what they're just wanting is a hug or just to be physically close and they're, they're not looking to actually have sex. So, you know, what I'm talking about here are people who learn by rolling up their sleeve and, and experiencing things. That's how they learn. These are people who feel connected when they touch another person, for sure, when we're talking about communication. Um, you might meet a kinesthetic person and they'll likely shake your hand and clasp your shoulder with their other hand. You know what I'm talking about? Or when they pass you, they touch you. Or There's just some touching all the time. Uh, this is definitely a kinesthetic. They might say things like, oh, I feel you. You know, I, I feel you. I feels you. I, I feel what you're saying. Um, you Again, that language changes a bit. So now I know you out there. Some of you are going, but I'm all of them. Some of you right now, you're saying, I'm all three. I like to get gifts. I like to hear I love you. And I like to hold hands. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, I understand what you're saying. You can definitely be a combination of any of these, but I want you to identify right now your predominant style, the one you do the most. There's definitely one of these that you like the very, very, very best. It's your top. I want you to, you know, dig a little deeper. What are you at your core? Now, the way to find out is to ask yourself, how do I really know or feel when someone loves me? So I'm going to give you a little exercise right now. You can be driving, doing whatever you're doing. You can do this little exercise because you're going to answer, we're going to answer that question, how you know. And here it is. If you could only have one of these three scenarios, which would it be? You can only have one. You can't have all three. All right. Scenario one is a visual one. Picture a life where your partner brings you home flowers and gifts all the time. Uh, They cook your favorite meals. They always look nice for you and take you out for fun events and dinner regularly. You have all that, but they never really say they love or appreciate you, and they never want to really spoon or hold hands or do all that. Again, you have sex. Don't worry. Take sex out of the picture for all this. But they're not coming in the door and just giving you a kiss hello or any of that. Would that be enough for you to know in your heart that you are loved? In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay. Scenario two is the audio one. Now picture a life where your partner tells you daily how much they love and appreciate you. And let's say they write you notes or poems about how special you are every week, but there are no gifts for no reason. You know, you get a gift on your birthday, but that's it. No favorite meals cooked or random acts of kindness performed. None of that. And there's no real cuddling or kissing you hello goodbye every day, but you get the I love yous constantly and how much you're appreciated. Would that be enough to believe in your heart that you're loved? And then the final one is for your kinesthetic folks, three. Your final picture, it's one of a life filled with touching. You walk in the door and your partner's all over you like white on rice. There's cuddling on the couch. There's walking hand in hand. There's spooning at night. But you don't hear how special you are or get the I love yous. There aren't any gifts, again, except on the necessary holidays every year. No one bringing home your dry cleaning, stopping to get you flowers, make you lunches, none of that. Would that be enough to believe in your heart that you are loved? So again, I know we all like to get all three on some level, but I'm pushing you to answer the question, if you could only have one, which would it be? What's the one thing you'd need no matter what to know you're loved deeply. Would it be getting the stuff, but you don't hear I love you or don't get a lot of cuddling? Would it be hearing the I love yous and I appreciate you, but not a lot of gifts and not a lot of cuddling? Or would it be cuddling, 
24-7. Just, we are touching, cuddling, attention is on you in some way, but you're not hearing the I love you's or I appreciate you and you're not getting the gifts. Which one is it? So you got to pick yours. For me, for sure, um, and I'm a really visual person. I'm very visual in my world in a lot of ways, but for me, it's the audio. There's no two ways about it. I, I'm a typical, I guess, female in that way. I really love to hear it. I love when he tells me words of appreciation, how special I am, any of that stuff. Woo, makes me swoon. Love it all. Um, and we do tend to be very physical, but and I love it. And if, but if I had the other, you know, again, I love it, so I want it. And I tend to be, I'd say I'm audio first, kinesthetic second, and then visual. Um, but I do love it. It's not, you know, and he he's spoons me at night, loves to wrap me up, all that good stuff. We, we tend to kiss and cuddle a lot, all that good stuff. I know you're getting ill hearing about it. But, um, <laughs> but if I had a choice of only that or only hearing it, you know, and the words of appreciation and love, I would have to choose, you know, and that's how I knew I'd have to know. And you could tell them what I do for a living. Here I am on a podcast talking to you. (laughs) Of course, I like the words. Um, It's my, it's my jam. So think of that, think of your one. And then, and then I want you to think of your partner's one. Is it the same for your partner? I can tell you right now, it ain't the same for my partner. Um, audio is not the same for my man. It would definitely be visual. And again, this heavy kinesthetic, but it would definitely need to be that visual stuff. He wants, to, you know, he's a show me the money guy. So in some way, and again, doesn't really care if I buy him gifts necessarily. It's the more these, you know, doing things where he can see, you know, cooking dinner, cooking a favorite meal, you know, taking my time to go do something. These, these are the ways I shows it shows up. So I'm going to give you an example, though, not just of my personal life, you know, even though I know it's very exciting to hear about, but I'm going to give you an example of how communication styles can have a huge, huge impact in your love relationships because I had this couple that I worked with a while ago that really unbelievable. I only saw them a couple times because I didn't need, I I taught them this, that was all they needed. It was just, I mean, it was crazy. Um, Talked myself right out of work, but that's good. I'm okay with that. So and I'm so I want to explain to you just how how huge it can be and how you might think that something really big and a big problem in your relationship for years that can't be changed and I'm telling you this couple changed it in literally over almost overnight. So I'm going to call them Raul and Colleen and uh, to, I I changed their names to protect the innocent but it stayed within their culture their cultures. Uh, so they came to me because they were thinking they actually needed to divorce and they wanted to do it as amicably as possible because they had four kids together. Now, I immediately noticed that this in itself shows a loving relationship. So I was really intrigued about meeting them. I spoke to them both on the phone and there was all this, you know, we have to be good to each other. We're still going to be each other's lives, you know, the kids, this whole thing. But they were kind of telling me they were going to divorce and I'm like, Okay. So when they came to my office, I noticed right away that they sat near one another on the couch and they both seemed sad and angry, but to me, they clearly loved one another. It was very clear that that was what was going on. Now, now let me tell you too. So Colleen was gorgeous, really beautiful woman. She had red hair, green eyes, and a body that I was very annoyed had produced four children. Um, really just smoking. <laughs> it was beautiful. And Raul was equally handsome. He was a a Puerto Rican-American who told me that he and Colleen met when they were both working at a bakery. And they quickly fell in love. 
they'd been married just over 10 years when I met them. They'd been married uh, just about 11 years, actually, when I met them. And their children were, uh, at the time, eight, six, four, and 18 months, okay? So eight, six, four, and 18 months. Colleen stayed at home, and Raul worked uh, two jobs. One was at a bakery, a different bakery, and another was uh, as an assistant pastry chef at a restaurant. So I asked them why they thought they were unhappy, and they both replied that the other one had fallen out of love. That's what they said. I said, so what, you know, why do you think you're not happy with each other? And each of them said, because the other one had fallen out of love. It was clear. Again, you know, here I was very intrigued. So Colleen was saying things, you know, like, um, he's always running to or from work. He never talks to me anymore. He comes home and buries his face in the paper while he shovels in food between his two jobs. Uh, then he plays with the kids for a bit and runs out the door to his next job. So anytime he has time off from work, he's either running to one of the kids' soccer games or he's fixing something around the house. He doesn't like spending time with me at all. I've tried to set up date nights. I've tried to do all the stuff and nothing. And like, and then Raul chimes in and says, that's not true. I always ask you to come to the kids' games with me and you always say you don't want to. And she's, of course, saying, well, it's my only time away from the kids and I like to read a book or speak with one of my girlfriends without a child hanging on my leg and interrupting. So she doesn't want to go to the games. So I asked Raul why he thought Colleen didn't love him anymore. And he replied, well, uh, she doesn't come to any of the games or events with me. Like she just said, I work a lot and I only ask that she have dinner waiting for me when I get home so I can eat quickly and get to my next job. But it's never ready. She never has my clothes washed and ready so I can throw them on quickly when I go to the kids' games since I hate going there in my restaurant clothes. And she doesn't take care of herself anymore. She used to always have her hair done and wear clothes I like, but she doesn't care anymore about looking good for me. Uh, So clearly, you know, I don't matter. And then, you know, Colleen jumps in and she's irate. I don't have time to do my hair. It's ridiculous to wear nice clothes. I'm on the floor all day with the kids. And you're the one who never talks to me. And, you know, then she's kind of looking at me. She's directing her comments at me. And she says, you know, we used to have long talks over wonderful dinners. It was so incredible. He would always compliment me and let me know how lucky he thought he was to have me. And now he barely acknowledges me when he does is to complain about something I haven't done for him or to or grunt at me. So I need to tell you, I was sitting there and it was hard not to smile as I sat hearing these two talk about how the other person didn't love them when it was so clear that this couple had quite a bit of love for one another. They had just lost their ability to communicate that love to one another. And couples get in trouble when they have different communication styles, but, but don't realize it. So they think they're unloved and unappreciated, but that's not true. So I explained to Raul and Colleen all the things I just said to you about, uh, I gave them a handout covering the three communication styles, you know, the visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. And I talked to them really about what I just talked to you about, what they each meant and what that was. And so, and then I gave them homework and I sent them on their way. And so what I said was, and I always send homework to clients after I meet with them or pretty much always. And so I said, okay, Raul, your homework is to call home every day and check in with Colleen. I know you're busy, but you can do it during one of your breaks. I, it will only take a few minutes, like maybe a minute even. I just want you to call and see how she's doing, how her day is going, and make sure you're really listening and not distracted. Don't be doing something else. Don't be on your phone playing games or doing something else. Really listen. And you can set the alarm on your phone for two or three minutes and then get back to your break, whatever you want to do. Then when you come home, I want you to remember that your kids aren't the only people who have missed you all day. Sit down to eat with Colleen and just spend 20 minutes connecting with her about her day and your own. So again, be present, really listen. 
So Raul's like, you got to be kidding me. This is it. This is too easy. And I said, just do it. You know, do me a favor and trust. Just do this. And then I said, okay, Colleen, now here's your homework. I need you to have Raul's dinner ready to go when he gets home. I also want you to eat with him instead of with the kids. So at the very least, you know, have a salad with him or something, just something with him. Make sure his regular clothes are clean and ready for him to wear so he can spend more time with you and eating and less time hunting around for his stuff. I also want you to change your clothes before he gets home, brush your hair, and make sure you look reasonably cute. Okay, so you don't need to get all dressed up or anything, but get out of the sweatpants and you can put on a clean shirt. So (laughs) Colleen eyed me very suspiciously, but said she'd make it happen. And I told them I'd like them to do this for two weeks and then come back. So off they went, uh, you know, doing their thing. And then they returned to my office. And it had actually been three weeks because we had some scheduling difficulties. But when they walked in, I have to tell you, totally worth the wait. The first thing I noticed was how good they both looked. And there was literally a lightness around them. So they sat on the couch in my office. They were pr- they're practically on top of each other and both trying to speak at once. It was, <laughs> and I'm like, one at a time, one at a time. So of course I say, okay, how are you guys doing? You know, you certainly seem to have some different energy. What's going on? And Raul starts, he's, and he's grinning. It, it was funny. He said, I need to tell you, I thought the homework you gave us was totally stupid. It was way too simple. I think I did it at first just so I could come back and tell you how stupid it was and ask for my money back. That's what, <laughs> that's what Raul said. He, and he said, that, you know, the first call home really felt fake and artificial, you know, but, and he said, but Colleen jumped in pretty quickly and started telling him stuff that was going on. And before he knew it, he'd been on the phone 10 minutes and, you know, I really had to get back to work and I thought she'd get mad that I cut her off, but she was fine. She, and I have to admit, I was thinking right away how she had so much she wanted to say that I was always tuning out. And I realized right away there was a lot going on that this was was important to her and I was just tuning her out. And I kept remembering what you said that I needed to be attentive and loving to her. And, and it felt that way when I, when I got home that night, everything was ready and Colleen looked, you know, really great. He said, no, no spit up in sight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on her clothing. And everyone's laughing. Um, and, and Colleen said, you know, it was really interesting and she's laughing too. And she said, you know, I couldn't believe how connected I felt after just that phone call during the day. I felt less alone. You know, she said, I feel isolated all the time at home with the kids. I feel like all I do is run around for them and grocery shop and get the house together. So it just feels like a very isolating life. And there's so much though that happens and then when he comes home, we only have a couple minutes and there's just no time to talk about it. Or it just seems stupid to even talk about because it, so li- it seems so little. And, you know, Raul noticed this too. He said, yeah, I, I think she used to start to talk to me about it, but I did think that. It was, I was like, yeah, so what? There was, you know, one of the kids read a book or one of the kids, whatever. He said he just didn't find it that important, but he realized, you know, this is her job. These are the things that are important to her all day and that he needed to really listen. So she said, you know, again, that she felt so connected after that phone call, you know, less alone. And she was actually sort of happy to have dinner ready for him and said she did eat with him a little bit. And she said, I noticed I was talking a lot and asked, hadn't asked him how his day was. I, and she says, I think I used to do that a lot, just go on and on about my own day and not see how he was doing. And so I was kind of understanding why he used to tune me out. I was just so excited to talk to him and I was trying to get it all in and have these few minutes. And anyway, then they, you know, they relayed that as the week went on, they were immediately feeling the differences of just connecting in a real way with one another, how they felt more like a team and remembered that they liked one another. So 
and believe it or not, sex had already come back into the picture after a long absence. They were feeling so connected. They ended up having sex a couple times, which, which shocked me. I, I wasn't expecting that. And that doesn't happen all the time, but it was really uh, pretty cool. And Colleen said, you know, I think the biggest thing I realized was that Raul was just working two jobs. You know, he was showing me how much he loved me and the kids. She got it. You know, it's a visual communication. He he's bringing home the bacon. He, two paychecks. He was showing his love and devotion that way. He was coaching the girl, the kids soccer team. You know, he was doing these things to show the family how much he loved them. Um, and so for her learning to think of that as showing love really helped kind of translate this language. And the other thing she realized is that, because we really started to talk about, so, well, you know, what was going on with you not having, um, food ready for him or, you know, the things he did ask you weren't doing. And she said, I know I was being passive aggressive. She said, that's kind of clear now. So the other thing though, is that when I would sit and, and be standing there making his dinner, he, I'd have him as kind of a captive audience and cause he's been, he's sitting there waiting to have his dinner. And so I would use that time to, to sort of talk to him. And I just thought that was a great, great insight into, you know, the real reason she wasn't doing the things he was asking. So yeah, the passive aggressive thing was there. She was mad, but it was also, she was trying to spend more time with this man and get him to pay more attention to her. And he was paying very close attention when she was, you know, cooking his food. So, but instead giving this opportunity that he would actually sit and talk to her for 20 minutes, she knew she had that time. So having the food ready actually helped her so they could really talk. And then uh, I made sure that they included Raul having some time alone because he was running in between things and the kids did want stuff. You know, there was so much for him to get done all the time that him having just some him time was important. And for him playing soccer himself on, on, on a team, that's where he, he got a lot of that battery recharged and needed that. But of course, to to Colleen, he was, you know, taking time that he could have been spending with her and doing something else. But again, I was trying to explain to her, he kind of couldn't be there for you really in a way because he was just so drained. He needed to refill his battery. So it's not like it's soccer or you, it's soccer or bad time with you. You know, it's not going to be a good time. And, you know, really learning each other's language and almost like was learning how to translate things. And, and Colleen had said that at one time because, uh, Raul, um, you know, spoke Spanish and she said, you know, sometimes he speaks Spanish and I don't understand. She goes, I feel like this is a language I can translate, you know, that I can really see what he's doing and see what that means now. And it's interesting because I only saw them, I, I, one more time after that, possibly two, uh, this is a few years ago now, I just remember them so well, but, and, they didn't have to keep coming. They were just a couple who were communicating on different wavelengths. Once they learned to understand better what the other was really saying, their circumstances improved dramatically. Now, I'm not saying your relationships will be this easy. This is somewhat an extreme case, I'm going to tell you, that I'm using because it's so on the mark with this topic. They just were were so perfect. But I am saying that looking at how you communicate with your partner can change your perception of how they show love. And at the very least, it'll give you some insight into how to love them, how to show them that you love them. Now, 
before I end today's broadcast, I do want to say, so one of the things that can get tricky with men being so visual for women is this idea, and, and Colleen really had some issues, I remember that, when I said to her, I want you to change your clothes before he comes home, I want you to brush your hair, you know, and her thing was, she was very defensive about that, that's ridiculous, you know, he shouldn't be objectifying me, and I'm taking care of his children, and she had a whole thing. That's all nice, ladies, but I, I don't know what else to say. The bottom line is if if you can take out one of the things that gets in the way, why wouldn't you? And so I didn't need Colleen to like put on, you know, crotchless panties and sit in the living room. I mean, it wasn't, and wear a negligee around. It wasn't about that. I just asked her to put on clean jeans and a clean top, brush her hair, throw it in a ponytail. It, she didn't have to put on makeup and ask for that, you know, just just a modicum of putting it together a little bit. And I would say this for men too, who sit around in disgusting sweatpants and dirty underwear and God knows what else. You know, really be aware. I have, I've definitely had couples in the office and the man is complaining he doesn't get enough sex and then literally is farting in my office. And I'm like, do you do this at home? Like, I, I would not be turned on if I was your wife. Who, who wants that? You know, think for a minute, people. I get that there's this idea that, oh, it should be this way. It should be that way. Well, the shoulds are all real nice, but that, that, that's not going to get you a happy marriage. So get out of the being, you know, so right. And I, you know, I say this all the time, would you rather be correct or effective? You can be right all day that women should never be objectified. I say it too. However, it's not effective to, to, we're not going to change the world. We're not going to change the species of men today. This is one of the things that is there. Now, I'm not saying, you know, if Colleen got sick, wasn't feeling well, I wouldn't expect her to like get all dressed up for, you know, Raul to come home. Give me a break. She's sick. Stay in bed. Be disgusting. Go, go for it. I'm saying, but that's rare. In your general day to day, take a minute, people. Take a minute. Put things together. If you wouldn't do it on a first date, why are you doing it on a, 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 a 10th year? You know, it's just really about showing up in these ways. And I, and I always get uh, emails and calls and people complaining when I do this stuff that it's sending feminism back. I don't think it's sending anything back. I feel like a complete feminist. (laughs) It's not about that. It's about really understanding how men and women work and making choices. So you can choose not to do it for sure. Be my guest. I'm saying though, if it's not that hard, why not choose it? Why not do something that your husband or partner might like? Isn't that what we're doing? Isn't that what the love relationship's all about? Isn't that a nice thing? And why is it just so hard? I don't think it's so hard to put on a pair of clean pants versus a pair of dirty pants. I, I just don't. So, you know, use your use your anger or your resentment or whatever, use it for something that's more important, you know, that, that you can really, if you really want to hang your hat on something, I wouldn't hang it on a clean shirt. I would, I would hang it on something else. Um, you know, brushing your hair. I, I don't think this is like crazy objectifying things to ask. Just think it through. Now, you know, when I was home with a, with a, two week old or whatever, or two month old. Yeah. I didn't always brush my hair. I (laughs) I didn't always get in the shower. That's okay. Again, these are extremes of life, not the general day to day of life. So I I don't want you to go to the extremes. People do that. Well, what if I'm sick? And what if I just had a baby? And what? Yeah, of course. Come on, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Don't look for the, you're not a unicorn. Don't look for the weird different thing. 
I'm talking about just the day-to-day as you're doing things, really think about your partner and what you can do that makes these things easier. If I can take one thing off the table, why wouldn't I? That So we can focus on what's real and not what's not real. Why, why wouldn't I do that if it's easy enough to do? So there you have it. That was today's rant. No, that was today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing all about these different kinds of communication styles, which really, again, are from learning styles, video, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. And I hope that today you're going to really think about which one you are and which one your partner is and do your best to show your partner love today, at least once in their style. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. I so appreciate it. I know you have a lot of choices and a lot of ways to spend your time. I'm really excited you're here with me and I can't wait to get together again. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.